Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Cusp podcast, your place for raising body confident and body aware daughters, teaching our girls all the things we wish we were taught and more. I'm Melina, mother to three, wife and founder of Beyond the Cusp Workshops to empower your daughter to be comfortable with her first period, understand her menstrual cycle and welcome her into becoming a young woman. Each week, we'll be speaking about ways to empower our girls to love and trust their bodies like never before. Thanks for being with me. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is the free mini workshop I run on Facebook and Instagram. And we're going to be talking about how to speak to our girls and our children more openly about periods. Enjoy. Hello everyone and thank you um, for spending this morning with me. For those that don't know me, I'm Melina. I started uh, the Beyond the Cusp workshops oh, at the start of 2019 was my first lot of workshops um, and I've been running them mainly around where I live which is northern New South Wales um, in Australia mainly so around where I am in the Tweed Shire, Gold Coast, Brisbane, but I have also gone to New Zealand, I've gone to Melbourne, I've gone to um, country Queensland as well, um, and I'm also starting to help other women run the workshops in their own communities because as, as we know, things have got a bit crazy, travel's a bit hard, and I think it's really important to have, um, have these workshops run um, you know, where, where we can have women who are in the community that, that serve our young girls. Um, and if you have got some paper and pen handy, just there'll be a few things that I'll get you to write down as we go through. So it's a couple of important um, things that are relevant to you. So this is all about how to speak more openly with our girls around periods. And as you'll see, as this workshop progresses, a lot of how we speak to our girls is based on how we feel ourselves and the experiences that we've had and the um, almost the trauma around our own periods or experiences that we've had ourselves. First of all, I want you to write in a couple of words how you feel about your period right now. So how you feel yourself about having a period. If you don't have a period now, as many of us no longer have periods for whatever reason, how you felt about your period when you last used to have it. So if you feel, um, feel comfortable saying how you feel, there's no judgment, there's no right or wrong. Um, I'm guessing, you know, so many of us grew up with a lot of shame around periods. So if you want to just add something in. For me, right now, I feel really appreciative of my period, but it certainly wasn't that way all the time. Um, I used to just think it was a real annoyance. So it's taken me a lot of, uh, a lot of conscious change to change how I thought about my own period. I'd hide it from my family. I'd hide it from my husband. I wouldn't talk to my kids. Um, so for me, um, that it has changed and now I am appreciative of what it gives me, um, of what, when I bleed, the time I'm bleeding, um, how I can treat myself and I make sure I do, you know, treat myself well during those times. 
Um, yeah, so if you've got, if you can write that down, if you've got some pen and paper, just because I want you to come back to that at some point. So what changed for me? I was never a talker about periods, like I just said. I was not one to share. I wouldn't share with my husband. I wouldn't share with my kids. I was very, actually, very secretive about it. And only because I felt awkward. Like many of us, I felt really, really awkward about um, talking about periods. I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, and at one point, my oldest daughter was, I think, eight or nine, and she came back from school with, Hey God, It's Me, Margaret. Do you know that book from Judy Bloom? I, I remember reading it when I was about 12. And she came back from school with the library book, and I thought, Oh my God, I know what this book is about. I'm going to have to actually have a conversation about periods. And by that, you know, I hadn't had a conversation. So that was kind of one of the first things that, um, that made me look at how am I going to continue with these conversations. So um, it was a couple of years after that and I started to research about how I wanted to uh, speak to my daughters about periods, but also, you know, I was researching into products that I wanted them to use. I was looking at um, ways basically how I could speak to them because I hadn't at this point. And while I was doing that, I knew the basics myself, but I started to discover there was a whole uh, approach to periods that I'd never been taught before. And what I learned was how amazing our cycles actually are. When we know more about our cycles, uh, just how much impact they have on our entire lives. And as I started learning about the four phases and how they affect us in amazing ways, I started to work with my cycle a lot more. And as I did that, I started to gain a much bigger appreciation for what it offered me. I started to learn a lot more about myself, a lot more about my body, how it worked, a lot more about things even like anxiety so I've discovered that there's certain days where I'm more prone to anxiety so then I could factor in um, those times around um, and how I dealt with my kids around those times so for example for myself around day 15 in my cycle I tend to get quite irritable and um, I have a lot of anxiety so what I try to do to counter that is I make sure I have a uh, go-to for self-care around those days. So I might book in a massage if, you know, I can do that two weeks in advance if I know that day. I might make sure I just take myself off to my bedroom for a bit more quiet around that time. So, um, you know, I learned a lot about my actual cycle and how that impacted me. And as I did that, um, I went from thinking, this is nothing to be ashamed of. And actually, it's, this is really, really powerful. Um, and I remember thinking through my teen years, I remember thinking, what, what is going on? What, why am I changing from week to week? Why do I feel this way one week and this way another week? I thought there was something really, really wrong with me that I couldn't even, um, you know, I, I felt so different to my friends. And coming down the track 20 years later and realizing that this is actually a really normal part of our cycle and how we are meant to cycle, that 
I thought, I don't want my daughters experiencing the same thing. I want them to know their bodies, to know that what they're feeling is perfectly okay. And, you know, not be ashamed of thinking that anything is wrong with them, like, like I did and like many of us did. Um, so I really, really had to consciously change the way I spoke about periods myself and my family, the way that I behaved when I did have my periods. So I will tell now my whole family that my, I, I've got my period, I need some downtime, I'm just going to take myself away to um, my bedroom or have an early night or have a bath. Um, I'm not going to cook dinner, you know, so they're aware. And this is for my, um, my daughters, but also for my son and my husband as well. And I think that's one of the things that we find really hard to deal with as well is if we are appeasing our husbands by not talking about our periods because they find it uncomfortable. So, you know, we really have to, I have to let them know as well that this is actually a completely normal part of us and just get over yourself if you're feeling <laughs> if you're feeling like it's it's you know disgusting or embarrassing or you don't want to talk about it um so i'll ask you uh now so we talked about how you feel about your period so now i want to ask you um, and if you write it down or put it in the comments, how do you want your daughter to feel about her period? So if you have a, have a think about that um, and just make a little note of how you want your daughter to feel, because this will come into how we speak with them as well. Um, once you've done that, I want you to think about why you want her to feel that way. So why do you want her to feel if you've used words like um, unashamed or empowered or um, comfortable or confident. Why do you want her to feel that way? Just write a little note or you can leave it in the comments there. And is this different to how you feel about your period? I would say that would be likely the case. Um, and what are you doing to change that? So for me, I had to really consciously make changes. I had to have awkward conversations. I had to put myself in positions where, you know, things felt really, really uncomfortable, but it was the why I wanted to, them to feel about their periods that really cemented the importance of the conversation regardless of how uncomfortable it was. Now I didn't want my daughters to go through 20 years of shame, of disgust, of just being uneducated and uninformed because we, we are, we're not informed about how our bodies work. And to also realize that there can't be only one conversation. This has to be many, many conversations. I'm sure for most of us, we had one chat. We had one conversation, that was it. It was once we got our period, it was here's some pads, there you go, go on your way. That's not empowering. I was not empowered by my introduction. 
Um, so we need to be having many conversations. And I can tell you from experience that the more conversations you have, the more interesting the conversations get. So, you know, we now have a family that went from no conversations to hiding under blankets to a lot of resistance to now questions being asked in the most natural way possible. Like literally sitting down on the couch, watching something, someone will walk in and just ask in front of everybody. Like it's, what's the weather like today? The questions can be very interesting, especially with now a 12 year old boy in the mix, but it's, um, it makes me so happy and Oh, just, I know that I've done the right thing by allowing these conversations to be normalized and to be natural. And, um, you know, if my family can do it where I came from, no conversations at all, um, then everyone, everyone can do this. For them, it's now completely so normal. My next question I have for you. Did you have open conversations with your parents around periods? What were your conversations like? I would say, and speaking to many of the mothers who have come through my workshops and people that I've had discussions with around this, is that 95, 99% of us did not have open conversations. Like I said earlier, it was one conversation, here's a box of pads, on your way kind of thing. So what we're trying to do with our daughters now is we're trying to break that cycle. We want to have empowered young, young ladies and, and men who understand what our bodies are going through. And to do this, we need to be breaking the cycle. We need to be moving in a direction that feels better for us. And I have a, and I will we'll go over this a little bit later on, practical tips on how we can talk to our daughters but a lot of this needs to come from our heart rather than just a tick the box I've spoken about that I've done this I've done this it needs to come from a place where we want to be leading our children into a place that feels better for us as parents so breaking the cycle requires changing so many of what we've been through and a lot of that comes down to big healing and if we're not in a massive state of healing right now I don't know what we're doing but we need to heal if we want to be having more open conversations with our children we need to be healing all of the trauma all of the hardships all of the non-conversations that we didn't have what we're going to be doing is acknowledging a rite of passage that we didn't have. And that rite of passage existed regardless of us not having it. So many of us wouldn't have had an acknowledgement of when we got our first period, or if it was boys, they wouldn't have had an acknowledgement of moving on to their adolescence. And that lack of acknowledgement of this rite of passage is the rite of passage. So by not acknowledging it, we are saying to our children, their transition from young child or child to a young adult or an adolescent is not important. Their transition to becoming who they are, they're not worthy of. 
they're not worthy of the innate feminine within them. And that's what we need to create more of. So one way we can heal this is by acknowledging our own first period ourselves. So personally for me, my introduction to a period was I sat down with my mum. I didn't live with my mum, but my mum had the conversation with me. She sat me down for probably about three minutes. I remember exactly we sat on her bed and she said to me something along the lines of, um, you'll get to an age where you'll start to bleed, you'll bleed every month, yeah, and you use some pads, something like that. That was it. She then followed the conversation with, and if you ever find yourself alone with your grandfather, go find your grandmother. Now, it wasn't for a number of years after that I understood what that meant, but putting the two together was very, very confusing for a nine-year-old. And it wasn't the introduction to periods that I deserved. You know, my mum did the best that she could as well with, with her own experiences as well. So this is where I'm saying we need to break the cycle and heal a lot of trauma. But then when I did get my first period, I had to go and tell my dad because I lived with my dad. I had three older brothers, very masculine home, no one to really ask any questions about, no one to really talk about. So it felt a very, very lonely process. If you go to think about your first period, it's actually really common for us to not remember, to not remember what it was like. I remember because I've had to retell my story. I retell it over and over in the workshop. So I, I do remember, but the first time I had to really think hard. Now I recall exactly where I was, exactly where my dad was. I recall all the information, but it did take me a long time to think about it. And because it's not acknowledged for many of us, we do forget. One way that we can, we can change this for our daughters is by healing that within ourselves. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to guide you through a little um, work. If you're familiar with inner child work, we're going to do a little bit of uh, inner child work. And I want you to have your pen and paper handy for this for after, or you can even do this during. If, you, if, if anything comes up, I want you to um, just make, make note of anything here. So I'm just going to pop on some music here. Hopefully you can have it. I'm just going to take a few minutes and I want you to just close your eyes down and allow yourself to open to whatever comes through. Allow your energy to drain down from your head to your body, your stomach, your legs, down into the ground and just begin to breathe into your heart, let it expand and set the intention that you will open to whatever comes through. As you breathe in, 
I want you to find yourself in a large meadow with deep green grass, soft breeze. And as you look through the meadow, you see a young girl sitting in the meadow. You walk up to the girl and you notice this girl is you. Around the age when you first got your first period. You notice she's playing a game. She's playing a game that you used to love to play at that age. You sit down with her and you begin to play with her. You play the game together. As you're sitting there, you ask her how she is. She tells you she just got her first period. You then ask her how she wanted to learn about her period. You ask her who she wanted to share it with. You ask her who she wanted to confide in. And you ask her how she wanted it acknowledged. She tells you all the things she wanted to have and do. As you listen to her, you start to give her everything she asked for. You give it all without shame, without embarrassment, with only love. You tell her everything is going to be okay. You will take care of her. You embrace her and she lets you hold her for as long as she wants. Before you go, you let her know you will always be there for her. You embrace one last time before you leave the meadow. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. And if you have some pen and paper there, you can write down anything that, that your young self told you that she wanted, how she wanted to learn, who she wanted to share it with.
how she wanted it to be acknowledged. Just take a few moments there and write down anything that came up. I've done a fair bit of inner child work myself over the past few years and I've always found it really, really emotional if you have got any emotions coming up. For me, anyway, and I know for many of us, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we need to heal and being a woman and having a period in our culture and our age is one of them. So when I feel the need, I have got a inner child meditation that I will listen to. So if anyone is interested in doing any more kind of inner child healing around anything in particular, I'll, I'll link in a meditation that I use. Felt quite <laughs> big. Now we're going to talk about resistance and a few of the practical things that we can use to to bring up the conversation and speak to our girls. But I always want you to go back to that why you want your daughter to feel a certain way about her period because that is going to be the catalyst to having conversations and have getting through those awkward conversations too. First, I'll talk about resistance. So you will come across resistance at some point with your, with your daughters, with your children. And, you know, I still... We still have a little bit of resistance here. It, it, it changes, though. It changes in what we are resistant to. So how do I talk to my daughter if she doesn't like talking about periods? You get completely cut off. Firstly, know that you're not alone. It's completely normal. While some girls are rearing and ready to learn, others are they are resistant and most of that resistance comes from just fear of the unknown. They don't know what's going to happen to them. They don't know how, they don't know when, they don't know where. There is so much unknown and it's completely normal to have fear around this. Um, so what I often do with my children is to, I think of a situation where they've been scared or nervous before and they haven't wanted to do something because of their fear or their anxiety around a certain thing. So, for example, for me, my oldest daughter doesn't really like, um, you know, water slides or any kind of rides around theme parks. She would, when she was young, I went on one of those swings. You know those swings that, it's like a, like a kind of carousel swing, but you're just singing, sitting in the swing and swinging around. She would have been about three and she was petrified of me sitting on this swing. Um, so, you know, I talked to her about how she overcomes things and how it becomes easier the more times she does something. So for example, there might be a, um, a roller coaster at Movie World that, that she was so scared to go on and literally screamed and closed her eyes the whole time but she did it the whole like lining up she was so nervous like panic attack kind of nervous but she she really really wanted to do that and then she did it and 
kind of got it, kind of got the thrill, but she did it again. And this time only screamed and kind of opened her eyes a little bit, but each time it became easier. So talking about uh, relating their own stories around how they overcome overcame things that they found um, scary or that they had some worries or anxiety over is one way that we can uh, that we can also help them overcome their resistance because it is it is purely just a fear of the unknown um, which is completely understandable from them um, so yeah even when they do get their periods they will still find there will still be a, a level of um, concern or worry because again, it becomes unpredictable. We don't know exactly when we're going to get our period. They might start spotting and think that that's their period again. So there's a big part of learning that comes with getting the first period as well. This is why it can't just be one conversation. We need to be having constant conversations, even when they do get their period to make sure things like, oh, do you know where to go at school um, to dispose of your pads? Um, do you feel comfortable getting your pads out at school? All these kind of conversations that need to be ongoing to make them feel comfortable. And again, just to let go of any fear of the unknown. Because again, you go to school, where do I go? Who do I talk to? Can I go, can I leave class during, um, class to change a pad if I need to, all these kinds of things. So it's really, really important to have these ongoing conversations. Um, and then I want to quickly touch on puberty because so many of us are, you know, we're heading now into perimenopause and we've forgotten what puberty looks like. So um, let's, I'll quickly go over a bit of puberty. So puberty in developed countries can start from eight to 13, mostly for girls, they start noticing some changes in eight. And the average age for the start of a period is 12. So we need to be looking out for any of these little changes because it really can sneak up on us. So you might start noticing, oh, she's starting to smell a bit more, or I've noticed her legs getting a lot hairier. Um, and we often are not quite ready for these changes because they're still, they still seem so young. So um, in most cases, we need to be educating them well before we are ready ourselves and well before they are getting any uh, education at school. Because often by the time they are learning at school, sometimes it's year five, sometimes it's not until year six, some primary schools are not doing it at all and leaving it to, to high school, which is much too late. Um, many girls are getting their periods at 10 now. So we need to be having these conversations so they are prepared and they do feel like they can talk to you if they need to, especially if they're on the younger spectrum, because a lot of their friends might not be going through the same things that they're going through at that time as well. So, um, so yeah, you might start noticing these changes quite early on. So you can talk to her about these changes once you start noticing them as well. But yeah, it's important to be as open and uh, honest as, as possible. So with the things that happen in puberty, there's a range of um, 
things that happen, but they don't often happen in a particular order. So you might notice one thing happening and then it might be a few years before you notice something else. But there is a little uh, guideline of when they might first get their period. So um, I remember it in this little kind of quote or poem. Um, so boobs first. So their, their breasts go into breast buds first, which might be like a hardening under the nipple area. That's the first sign. Some mums get a bit worried that they've got lumps under their breast. This is generally not the case. It's just a breast bud. So a firm breast bud is the first um, is one of the first signs. They can get quite tender as well. So, you know, if they get knocked or they might complain that it's a bit sore, that's completely normal. Um, so their pubes, pubes is the next. So they might start to grow more pubic hair. Grow. So generally the year before they get their period, they go through a really, really big growth spurt. So around, it can be 10 plus centimetres. And uh, you'll know, you'll notice this um, because you'll be like, wow, this is really big. Um, once they get their period, they're pretty much at their adult height. That, or they might grow only about four to five centimetres taller than once they get, they get their period. Um, so once they've done, gone through that big growth spurt, then, then they'll get their period soon after that. So other changes that they go through, their body might sweat more, so they might need to have more showers. Um, they'll start to get greasier hair and skin. They can gain an extra bit of weight, which is perfectly normal and actually is quite essential to their, them getting their period because estrogen requires a certain amount of body weight. So don't be um, concerned if you're noticing that they are getting a bit more, um, you know, just a bit of um, their thighs might be filling out a bit more or their, or their butt or whatever, you know, they're not going to have girls, little girls' bodies for forever. So they're going to be developing into women's bodies. Um, there's, you get the stronger feelings and the mood swings. So it's really important to not to shame them around that if they are kind of going through these moods, just to help them understand that it's, it's part of growing up. So if they're getting angry, where to place their anger, but that it's perfectly normal to ex experience these, these um, emotions as well. And also the vaginal discharge or the cervical fluid. This is a really, really key piece not to miss out on speaking about. So they might notice a white stain in their knickers, which is completely normal. We all kind of get that bleached little stain because our vagina is um, a certain pH, which will bleach your knickers. So that's completely normal. Um, when you're talking about their periods with them, also let them know that, yeah, you bleed once a month, but you also have cervical fluid once a month as well, which is a normal, healthy part of the cycle. I went through so many years of wondering what was going on, thinking, what is this? Is this dirty? Don't forget to mention cervical fluid. It doesn't need to be cleaned. Warm water is perfectly fine. You don't need to use any wipes, whatever. Um, just warm water is perfectly fine to clean your vulva with. And so that's another part as well is using correct terminology when you're talking with them. So I went through many years thinking 
the vagina was on the outside when it's actually on the inside. Same with, I went through many years thinking I've only got two holes down there, not, not three. <laughs> and these are things that I go through in the workshop as well. So I teach them about their cervical fluid. I teach them about their anatomy um, and what each part is for. We go through all the correct terminology and everything. So practical ways to start the conversation. So again, keeping in mind why you want your daughter to feel a certain way, how you want her to feel and why you want her to feel that because we're breaking the cycle. Yeah, we're healing our own trauma and we are not passing any trauma on to our daughters. We are setting them up to embrace being a woman, embrace our feminine cycle and to do that, we have we have to heal. So practical ways though, because I know everyone wants to know, how do I talk to her? I started by asking questions, asking questions of, does she know anything already? Um, has she talked to her friends about it? We also read some books together. Um, I bought a beautiful book, one of my favorite books that I've read uh, with my oldest daughter is uh, a book called Reaching for the Moon. Now, if you go onto my website, you'll find there's a whole list of books that I recommend for either teaching our girls about their period or also learning ourselves um, about our menstrual cycle. And I have, I've literally got, I think, I don't know, 12, 13, maybe even 14 books on menstrual cycle period and I learn something new from every single one of them. This is information that we haven't been taught. There's so much to learn. And now, even going through, starting to go through perimenopause, it's a whole nother learning experience as well. So it's, you know, we, we constantly need to look into what our bodies are doing. It's not a one information, um, this is it for the rest of your life because it's, one, it's always changing. Two, it's a forever sign of our health. It's a monthly sign of our health, of how we're doing. So it's a really good check-in. Three, we, we change depending on where our life stage is. We require different things from our period. So we might be learning in the first few years. We might be then trying not to conceive. We might be then trying to conceive. We might be having really uh, abnormal periods and have to manage that um, through whatever way. We might be then going into perimenopause. So there's a whole lot of changing things around our cycle. Um, yeah, which is why we cannot just be having one conversation. So if you go onto my web website, you'll find a couple of lists there. It's under free stuff. You can go in there and down, download the list of books that I recommend. Yeah, talking to it, has she talked to friends about it? What does she know already? Has she noticed any bodily changes? So has she noticed the, the white stain in her knickers already? You can talk to her about how you first got your period, what the experience was like, and even inviting maybe if you've got a sister or a good friend or someone who's your daughter's aunties and you can talk about it together in a very open and normal conversation and you can share your experience, experiences together. Uh, even things like if you use a particular product when you have your period, having it there so they can see what you use and perhaps asking questions from there. 
tell her when you have your period and how are you feeling. So for me now, I always let my family know when I've got my period. I have a little candle. I've got this, I got this idea from Lael Stone. Uh, she lit a red candle every time she got a period so her family knew. I asked my husband to cook dinner that night or I, you know, we get takeaway or something just to let them know that this is a time when it's, it works for me and the whole family better if I have some time to go inward during that time. But yeah, so telling you her when you have yours, she might come to you with questions. If you don't have a period, notice how you feel. So most of us, if we, if we don't have a period, depending on the reason why, we still might go through the cycle, which still means that we're going through those four phases, there will be times when our energy is higher. There will be times when our energy is lower. So talking to her about that cyclical flow that you're going through and when you're needing more rest, things like that. So uh, another thing, getting out a photo album and sharing photos. This is always fun. So if you have any photos of yourself uh, around the time when you first got your period, you can get those out and have a conversation about what life was like for you then. It doesn't particularly have to be around periods it can lead on to that but it can be what you like to do as a kid around that time what um the clothes that you're wearing they always have a laugh at clothes and, and hair and that kind of thing what life was like for you and then you can bring in oh this was this was around the time I got my first period and just lead on to telling your stories it doesn't have to be her asking questions it could just be you sharing a story about yourself because they really, they love hearing stories about growing up. Um, I don't know about, about you, but we're always sharing stories about our childhood. But they love to hear it. So, and reading books together. So if you have got books, read them together. A great time to do this is in the evenings before bed. They're quite, you know, they get into that little, that brainwave state where things start to become a little more hypnotic things start to sink in a little bit more. It creates a bit more of a bonding experience as well. So doing this right before bedtime when they're, they're resting, they will remember these times. So I find that bedtime is a great time to do that. And the more you speak about it, I promise <laughs> the less awkward it could be. Now, I'm not going to say you won't have awkward conversations anymore because some of the questions that my kids come to or comments that my kids come to now are still like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but they, they feel so comfortable and confident to come to us. And that for me is everything. It means that I have done a lot to break the cycle and to heal. I'm not passing on any of the trauma that I had, it stopped, it stopped with me. And, you know, I've experienced my share of trauma in terms of sexual trauma, which for me, having conversations is really important. So my daughters don't go through the same thing. I suppressed this for years and years and years and acknowledging it has been one of the greatest things for healing for me. So, you know, I, I've done and still continue <laughs> to do a lot of healing. It's ongoing, but it's, it's really important that if we want to change the cycle for our children, we need to heal our trauma 
and as awkward as the conversations are, we need to be having them. They're important and they need to know this from you because if they don't, they will just continue the same trauma. Not intentionally, it's just how it is. So I wanted to talk about language as well. So it's really, really important to watch your language. When I did have my period, I'd be saying, oh, I've got my bloody period again. You know, and they will pick up on any kind of language. So um, you just have to be very conscious of how you speak about your period, especially for those of us who have had experiences that haven't been pleasant, that have been quite either traumatic and you might have had endometriosis or PCOS or these abnormalities that really impact our lives and we don't want our daughters to experience the same thing. So we do have to be mindful of, our, of the language that we use. And thankfully now there are so many practitioners out there that help particularly our young women, but help also not only identify quicker when there's abnormalities, but who help navigate them in much, much better ways than has been in the past. But I just wanted to acknowledge those of those of you who have really struggled with um, abnormal periods. And, you know, this is part of two talking up about it because for so long we were told this is normal. This you, a painful period is normal. Um, heavy bleeding is normal. And it's just not, it's, it's not. And the more we can talk about it. And, you know, if you did try to talk about it, you were told just to suck it up. It doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, for those women, it's, it's been a traumatic experience. So um, I just do, I want to acknowledge that you, what you are doing is incredibly strong to change this for your daughters as well. So just before we finish, I want you to go back and think about, again, how you want your daughter to feel about her period and why you want her to feel that way. And keep that in the forefront when you're going to have these conversations. And that in itself takes away from just having to have certain conversations or ticking a box around certain things. It becomes more about stories and your story and what you are setting up for your future generations. I saw a quote the other day that said, you are the future ancestors, behave accordingly. So we can make these, these changes to our, our children. Saying all this, will she go into her first period completely comfortable? She will be informed. She will know that she has got your support. You know, unfortunately, we live in this culture where it's still taboo. There's, it's still stigmatized. But if she, she knows she's got you in her home supporting her and being an example of what it's like to embrace being a woman, that in itself is a great start. When she does first get her period, be patient. There will be a time that she's trying to navigate um, her own cycles and not enjoying it, wishing she didn't have it. So patience and support and love. Love on her. Treat her when she gets her period. You know, treat her to... Netflix, chocolate, whatever it is that she enjoys just being who she is. So I hope that that has helped in terms of how we can speak to our daughters. And, and like I say, it really comes back to finishing cycles and 
choosing how we want our future generations to see ourselves and, and behave. Another thing you can do is bring it to a workshop. <laughs> I have got some workshops coming up. Like I said, I'm in Northern New South Wales. I've got one coming up in Gold Coast and I've also got one in Brisbane. If you've got any questions at all, I'm more than happy to answer anything. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. It's gone all the best with your amazing, amazing daughters. We're all doing such important work, changing the stigma and the taboo and bringing back the power of our feminine cycles. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Cusp podcast. If you'd like to know more about Beyond the Cusp workshops and join in more conversations, come and join me on Instagram and Facebook under Beyond the Cusp. And if you found this helpful, I'd love if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with someone else in your life who you would think could benefit. I look forward to seeing you next time.